Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded, recently hitting 6 million listens. Support us by buying a copy of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a small donation. In return, we'll give you the chance to nominate a guest and even win lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. Find out more at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! Wine to Wine Business Forum is a training and networking event for anyone involved in the wine business. Held in Verona on November 13th and 14th, this year, the forum will involve over 90 international speakers in over 50 sessions on topics ranging from marketing and communication, sustainability, strategy, new market trends, and market focus. In collaboration with the Italian Trade Agency, a number of market-focused sessions will be broadcast in a podcast series on the Italian Wine Podcast, a media partner of the Wine to Wine Business Forum. Welcome to Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Stevie Kim. Today's podcast is part of a special series from the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2023. We will be focusing key international markets for Italian wine. Today, the focus is on, yep, South Korea. There it is. And our special guest is Ferdinando Guelli from Ice, the Italian trade agency. Ferdinando Guelli joined the Italian trade agency in November 2000. He has extensive international experience promoting Italian brands and manufacturing, in particular in the United States and China. In September 2022, he was appointed the Italian Trade Commissioner at Ice's sole office in South Korea, from where he takes a close interest in the South Korean market. Ciao Ferdinando, welcome. Hi Stevie, good morning to everybody. Thank you for, uh, for inviting me. What time is it in Korea now? Okay, here at this moment is 5 p.m. exactly. Okay, so it's 10 a.m. here. Can you give us a little bit about, I don't know if you have the numbers at hand, tell us briefly about Korea wine market in terms of demographics and consumer preferences. Okay, Korean wine market is a very interesting market, especially in the last few years, has been becoming one of the most dynamic market in Asia. In particular, since the, you know, the free trade agreement, with the European Union in 2012, so let's say 10 years ago, more or less, Italian export of wines to Korea has been steadily increasing. Even if the last year, 2022, we experienced a little moment of you know, stabilization, but we've been increasing like four times more in 10 years. The peak we experienced in 2021, exactly during the COVID, and actually this is part of the phenomenon of the wine market in Korea, the wine consumption in Korea, that wine has been gradually replacing other alcoholic beverages in the habits of Korean consumers. Wine became the first alcoholic beverage imported from abroad in 2021. After that, wine became the first alcoholic beverage imported from abroad. At the moment, the situation is like this. The wine is still a small percentage of the overall consumers, 3.4% of the overall alcoholic beverage market. 
because in Korea there are some very traditional beverages like soju, which is quite known. And makgeolli, right? Makgeolli is my favorite personally. <laughs> <laughs> nice wine beer and rice beer. Also, they are local beers, but wine is increasing every year, and especially in the high-end market, it's very interesting because I found that Korean wine lovers are more interested in learning about everything about the wines. So they are not only enjoying drinking wine, but they want to know more. They want to understand. They want to explore. And I think this is a very good opportunity for us. With such kind of consumers, we can have more opportunities for introducing the great variety of the Italian wines, which in this respect we have no competitors worldwide. So can you tell us a skinny overview if there are any particular rules and regulations with regards to importing wine to Korea for the Italian wine producers? Of course there are rules and regulations but uh, let me say that this should not be scaring our exporter companies because at the end it's everything is possible to manage. So besides the usual documents that they are necessary for importing uh, all products in Korea, there are other regulations, for example, the certificate of analysis that is not compulsory anyway, and in particular the labeling, labeling procedure, which is very important, but this is manageable comfortably through local import. So the importer is still a key element in accessing the Korean market because once you find a good importer, he will take care of all this stuff for the Italian company, for the Italian partner, so we know major uh, issues because we have to say that, uh, you know, we have experience worldwide in different countries and the customs sometimes is a very big headache. I have to say that in Korea, maybe sometimes they are very, you know, rigid with the procedure, respecting the procedure and the regulations, but at the end... Uh, everything is quite efficient and it's quite timely uh, manageable. So this is the message I want to address. Okay. So what are the challenges and at the same time opportunities regarding Italian wines into Korea market? I think a challenge and opportunity is uh, two phases of the same coin. Why? Because as I said, the Korean consumer is very interested in learning more about the product characteristics, uh, discovering new features and also stories. But this means that we need to have a strong marketing commitment. So when you approach the Korean market, you should be aware of being ready for an investment in terms of marketing and support to the importer and not just, you know, shipping the containers from Italy, but otherwise, you know, you risk to remain in the border, let's say, the border, not in technically custom border, but which means you are not going to really expand in the market. So telling the customers about the wine, let them understand more the characteristics and the feature of the, the wines is very important and it's not enough to have a very good wine because, you know, competition is very fierce. And of course, there is also a gap of knowledge. I mean, they, you cannot expect the Korean consumers, some of them, they already are, but most of them, they are still not uh, so informed about all the differences of the different kind of varieties of wines. So it's very important uh, 
to be ready to support the sales with the marketing activities. At the same time, another important element that, in my opinion, is the real opportunity for the future is to explore, and we are already doing as a Italian trade agency in our own promotion activities, exploring the world of the Korean cuisine. Because, you know, here the Korean cuisine, the local cuisine is very important. But if we just remain confined on the international Italian restaurants, which can be one of the main channels to enter the market, but at the end, uh, you are not going to really expand to really uh, reach the most of the consumers. So it's very important to start working uh, with the Korean restaurants and exploring all the pairing opportunities between Italian wines and Korean food. And I have to say that on this respect, in my opinion, we have a competitive advantage with compared with the other countries. Why? Because we can offer a much wider variety of wines mm -hmm. so we can better find and fit and match the taste of the Korean food with our wines. That is really, in my opinion, one of the key channels to explore in the future. So far, it's not been explored too much. That's why we are really focused on this. Also in our own promotion strategy. So you are focused on promoting, let's say, the food and wine pairing with Italian wine with Korean food. Is that correct? Yes, I think that's is one key point to expand in the Korean market and to reach a wider number of consumers. Even if there are other niche market, for example, wine bars, that especially young generations, high class young generations. But honestly, the market in this area is still a little bit limited. So entering the Korean cuisine uh, restaurants channel will be the one of the key elements to expand in the future. Wine to Wine Business Forum. Everything you need to get ahead in the world of wine. Supersize your business network. Share business ideas with the biggest voices in the industry. Join us in Verona on November 13 to 14, 2023. Tickets available now at pointwine.net. Yeah, it would be fantastic if you can provide, you know, like kind of the guideline as to how to pair Korean food with Italian wine. That would be really nice. Yeah. First of all, a key role is played, for example, having a partnership with a Korean sommelier. There are very, very professional and highly educated sommeliers here. We found many of them that they have a huge knowledge of the Italian wines. That is a key element, especially for training activities. So one key element of the marketing strategy should be the training. Training to both for professionals and for consumers. And for example, Korean sommeliers, Korean professional, already expert in Italian wines, it's a very important, is a key element. Why? Because they can deliver the message to the Korean people in a better way because they know the culture, they know the Korean cuisine better than us, so they can find pairing opportunities with Italian wines and also, you know, interacting, for example, with the chef, with the sommelier in the restaurants. So I think that is a very important part 
where you have to focus your marketing strategy here. So just out of curiosity, Ferdinando, Italian wines are always, quote unquote, in competition with the French wines and to a certain extent also the Spanish. How do they fare in Korea market? Yeah, that's true also in the Korean market. At the moment, of course, the French wines, they have the higher share of the market, but this is something we have been experiencing in other markets in the past, where then after a while, the Italian wines have been, you know, succeeding and recovering positions compared with the French wines. Because I have to say, as we all know, French wineries, they are usually bigger size and they are very powerful in marketing. So they can enjoy an advantage position at the beginning. But once the market is evolving and the consumers are want to discover new wines and new products, Italy has much more to offer. So we have to leverage this element in order to recover the position in the market because this is a market that is very dynamic as i mentioned at the beginning is there is a number of consumers already well educated but it's still a young market we have to say young in meaning not in terms of demographics but in terms of the wine is being introduced here not long ago so still the market needs to evolve and to change, and we have the opportunities there. So we should not look at the past or the present, but we have to look at the future. So have you got any, some numbers at hand for us to understand, to contextualize Italian wine market share? So at the moment, let's use the data of the entire year, Mm -hmm. 2022, because you mentioned the wine market, I think, to utilize uh, only the partial data Mm-hmm. During the year is not really a wise move because it's a market that is not regular, not during along the seasons. So talking about 2022, if we mm-hmm. consider the data in euros, but they are US dollars, Italy has been exporting 86 millions of US dollars in 2022. United States 100, France 200 millions, and Italy 86. Okay. And U.S., you said American 100. Is that correct? America is 100, exactly. So we are the third position in the market. Well, I'm surprised about America, actually. Yes, America, because, you know, the California wines, especially, they are quite popular because they've been introduced since the beginning. As you know, there is a special relation between Korea and the U.S., also considering the number of U.S. expats sure. here. Mm-hmm. So that's possible to explain also with this uh, effect and also because the U.S. had uh, you know, free market access, uh, free trade before the European Union agreement. Would you mind telling us a little bit about the principal, I suppose, commercial distribution channel? Can a distributor be also an importer and vice versa? Because in America, for example, with the three-tier system, it's very rigorously regulated. Here is a little bit more simple. And normally the importer, especially in the Seoul area, which is, you know, the most part of the market, normally the importer is also the uh, distributor. 80%, let's say, of the market is in Seoul area. The local distributor, as an additional step, is only, in, especially in the remote areas, far from Seoul, 
In that case, uh, importers normally they work with local distributors, so they don't distribute directly. And uh, another important feature of the market, uh, of the distribution uh, system, is that at the moment uh, there are 10 big importer importing companies that they are you know, controlling almost 80% of the market at this one, of the imported wines market. But there are also newcomers coming up, emerging importers. The market is still growing, even if last year, talking about the data as we were talking before, overall import was increasing only 3.7% compared with the past years. So the, the growth rate was declining, but we believe this is just because there was a boom in 2021 probably also because of the COVID and, uh, you know, the, uh, the market saturation was uh, probably very high. So uh, we have to be patient and uh, consider the long-term trend. There is another trend that is interesting in the market. It's about the whiskey boom. Mm -hmm. It's something very recent, let's say in 2023, uh, especially young generations at this moment, it seems they are very fascinated by the whiskey. Oh, really? It's a very recent trend, but uh, we don't know how it will become a structural element or it's just you know, a temporary fashion. We don't think this will affect too much in the long term the growth of the wine consumption. And what about, Fernando, e-commerce? What is the state of the art of the e-commerce business? Okay, e-commerce is increasing, but the problem for the e-commerce is that it is not possible to sell wines. There are some limitations in selling wines through the e-commerce. Locally, domestically, is possible, but for imported wines, it's more a problem. 2020 actually has been open online market, but uh, there is also one uh, restriction that the consumer, they have to go to pick up the bottle on the shop. So at the end, it is just ordering, not uh, really buying. It's still limited for these reasons. Probably in the next few years, this uh, regulation will be released uh, because, of course, the e-commerce is increasing also here in Korea sooner or later. <laughs> has to be more open and uh, release those uh, restrictions. At the moment, the situation is like this. Okay, so there has been some progress because I recall when I was in Korea last time, e-commerce wasn't allowed at all. So now what you're saying is that the consumers can order online, but they have to physically go to the shops to do the pickup. There's no delivery. And in any case, this is only for domestic online market. cannot be cross-border in any case. So no imported wines. No cross-border orders. You know, you cannot import wine online mm -hmm. from abroad. Okay, but they can purchase the consumers, order Italian wines online. Yeah, unless it's a very limited quantity, but uh, not a big orders. Yeah, we could probably spend an entire day just talking about e-commerce. Yeah, because there are a lot of regulations uh, on that. Right. But uh, the e-commerce in general in Korea is uh, expanding as all over the world. Uh, it is possible to predict that there will be those regulations will be a little bit released in the long term. Okay. So my next question is particularly regarding the consumer market. How do the consumers perceive Italy and Italian wine? Let's say there is a good potential of, uh, uh, I call sympathy, to Italy in general, especially, for example, in the fashion luxury market uh, uh, 
Korea is the first uh, Asian market if we consider the our export per capita. So we consider also the population, demographics is the first market in Asia for uh, fashion and luxury for, for Italy. So the wine is also benefiting the same image. So there is a very positive image of Italy. But having said that, there is a lot to do in terms of education, in terms of, you know, uh, telling the Korean consumers how many different wines we have, the varieties, the characteristics, the pairing, the opportunities with the food. So on this area, we, there is still a lot of job to do. So the, the knowledge of the different varieties of Italian wines is still limited. Uh, maybe Chianti and some Piedmont wines, they are very popular, but the rest, uh, they needs to be explored. Uh, because, you know, as you know, uh, while the French wines, they have... Uh, big companies and big uh, wineries and they push uh, a lot the few names they have for Italy is the exact the opposite uh, situation so we have so many varieties but uh, normally we are not so powerful uh, you know that our wineries they are smaller and uh, difficult to be always in the market and, and, and uh, doing a very regular marketing uh, activity. Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, Italian wine reflects the Italian people and Italian country. Biodiversity also is a double-edged sword, right? It's great, all the different arrays of varieties, but at the same time, it's incredibly fragmented. Exactly, exactly. So which is the strength point and also weak point at the same time. Yeah, at the same time. I have to say that is a, in the long term, I perceive it as a strength point in Korea for those winners that they will decide to approach the Korean market in the long term with a long-term approach, but needs a big force in education and training and marketing, communication, information. Of course, we are trying to do our part uh, as being a trade promotion agency, but of course it's not enough what we do. And uh, we need also to have the single wineries pushing their products uh, in the market. But anyway, uh, we are doing well. There is another element, it's about Seoul. We have a special place that is called High Street Italia. It's a unique place, uh, ITA network worldwide. We have this place we call the showroom of Made in Italy. We have uh, two floors that they are open to the public every day. It's a permanent showroom that we rotate the products every six months and we offer this to all the Italian companies. Of course, it's necessary to be present in the market, to be exposed to the public. Then if they like the product, they need to find it in the market. Otherwise, it's just pure visibility with no result in sales. But having said that, it's a good opportunity to have a visibility, to have a kind of showcase. Also, since last year, we managed also to have wines in this showroom. Originally, it was not possible because of more specific regulation in terms of sales license. But at the end, we managed to get the license for the shop. And of course, the single importers, they can go there and exposing and selling the wines to the public. So where is this High Street Italia located exactly? Gangnam District, especially in an area that is one of the traditional shopping streets in Seoul, which is Garusu. Mm -hmm. I don't know if my pronunciation is correct, but 
As I can't say, help you with that, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. I, I suppose you know this uh, street, this road. Is, uh, yeah, it's very famous. One of the most famous uh, traditional shopping streets in Seoul. Yeah, there's the famous song Gangnam Style as well. Exactly, exactly. Gangnam, of course, <laughs> is uh, you know the most uh, dynamic, crowded uh, area in Seoul, especially for uh, sales and uh, shops. Uh, there are so many different uh, kind of uh, shops and uh, shopping areas in Gangnam. So we are in the middle of the commercial district, we can say. And so this is a very important information for the Italian companies. Of course, as I said, it's not just this alone. You must have a market strategy, you must enter the market having a good partner, good marketing investment. And then, of course, you can consider also this place as a showcase, as a special showcase Uh, to the Korean public. Okay, so let's get into this in terms of how Ice Ita can help the Italian wine producers trying to approach and enter Korea market. So there are logically two groups, right? One group is the uh, kind of the newbies. They've never been to the Korea market. They don't have an importer. So we need to give them some ideas as to how they would approach the market. And then For those who are already present, what kind of strategies would you recommend to increase their presence and their, I would say, in Korea market, right? So let's address these two issues. Let's start with first the non-represented Italian wineries. Let's say the newcomers. Exactly. Actually, this is exactly the strategy we are putting in place since last year, and we are going to continue also this year and next year, which is uh, two channels. So the B2B and B2C. B2B is mainly for the newcomers, and B2C is more for the companies, for the products that are already in the market that they want to expand. So for the B2B, uh, we have uh, started again this year in 2023 with the so-called Borsa Vini, which is a, you know, a format that uh, companies uh, that following uh, Italian trade agency, they already know because they have experience also in other markets worldwide. Since this year, we also have the Borsa Vini in Korea, in Seoul. Borsa Vini is an event dedicated only to Italian wines. Why we decided to do this way and not uh, maybe attending uh, a local trade fair? Because, uh, to be honest, uh, we realized that uh, local trade fairs in Korea, they are not so interesting, they are not so impactful, especially if you want to enter the market, if you want to have the B2B opportunities. Normally, they are more for consumers, they are more very local, not so many international exhibitors and visitors. When does Borsavini take place? What time of the year? Uh, we didn't uh, fix it yet uh, officially the, for next year, but most probably it will be in the beginning of May. This year we did at the end of May. Next year we are planning to do at the beginning, first, uh, let's say, first uh, two weeks. Okay. Within the first two weeks of May. Also, that is not very close to Vinitaly. And also, we are not overlapping with other events here in Korea. Mm -hmm. Each Italian company can participate and having one area, slot, one uh, position. Not, it's not a booth. It's not an exhibition. Okay. Mainly as a table with support services for, for example, glass cleaning services. Also, of course, from our side, we will support in terms of 
communication and especially in terms of uh, attracting uh, all the professional uh, importers and buyers. In particular, there will be one session which is going to be dedicated only to the importers. This is very important because in our experience, what we have been seeing here, in, you know, there are many events about Italian wine in Korea, to be honest. And uh, this is not always positive, especially if they are B2B events. Because B2C, the more, the better. But B2B, as you know, uh, as we don't, there are not so many uh, professional importers. You can imagine those people, they cannot uh, be invited every month or even every week to an Italian event because they are not going to come. So uh, the reason also we decided to do the Borsa Wine is try to aggregate the Italian companies and to have one event, uh, one yearly event that should be the real appointment for the importers with the Italian wines. And so that's why we also decided to dedicate one special session reserved only to the importers. Then we will have other session also for professional buyers, but they are maybe more from restaurants, uh, wine bars, local distributors, and so on. We try to avoid in this event uh, wine lovers uh, or single individuals coming. We want to limit it to the professional people. Because this is for the newcomers, for companies that don't have all they as they just started in the market and they want to find uh, other importers, they want to you know consolidate their position in the market. Then for the companies that the wines that they already here, in this case the the target is more the the consumers, so the B 2 C. We have another format, another event that is called Viva il Vino. And this is uh, something new for us, and is a new format we we experienced this year for the first time. Uh, we called it the, was the year zero, so the zero edition. And maybe next year we can say this is the first edition because it's a very experimental uh, program. We involved the selection of uh, restaurants, wine bars, and wine shops. Among the restaurants, both Italian restaurants, international and Korean, as I mentioned before. It was the first time we did a promotional event in the Korean restaurants. Uh, so we selected those restaurants in partnership with an important uh, magazine, uh, Bar and Dining. And uh, at the same time, in total, there were 22 among restaurants, wine bars, 22 partners. And at the same time, we involved some of the major Italian wine importers. So the importers, they've been committing in offering discounts on their uh, wines, while the restaurants and the wine bars, they committed in doing a special promotion in their wine list for the Italian wines. And uh, also not compulsory, we didn't want to create too many rules, but uh, we encouraged them also to increase the wine list with more Italian wines just for the period of the promotion, which was three weeks. And then if they were happy, they can continue later. So we give the opportunity to the importers to enter a new, to access a new uh, channels. This is a B2C activity that uh, involving importers, involving uh, restor restaurants, but addressed to the consumers at the end. So we did the communication also through influencers, uh, media, social media, digital media, 
and also we publish a, a brochure distributed in all these restaurants uh, with also information about the Italian wines. And another important element of this program was the training. So we had one sommelier, a Korean sommelier, and we organized a training session for the restaurant partners. They attended through the maybe the maitre committee or the sommelier in the restaurant. They attended this special training session on Italian wines done by this Korean sommelier. So he introduced them more on the, the world of the Italian wines. And not only we did this training session before the promotion, but during the promotion, the sommelier visited each single restaurant and he went to the restaurant doing some on-site training for the restaurant staff in order to be able to communicate with the customers and explaining them some features of the Italian wines in the list promoted in the wine list. This uh, format was working quite well. We had a very enthusiastic uh, reception of the partners and uh, we are going to continue. We will do some improvements because it was the zero edition. So we have to improve something in terms of organization and uh, some uh, elements of the, the program. But uh, uh, we are going to continue next year with the new edition of Viva El Vino, probably with a longer period, because this year we did three weeks. Maybe next year we are going to do it in a longer time. The next year is also 140 years anniversary of the relations between Italy and Korea. Together with the Embassy of Italy and the other Italian institutions, there are going to be more events, more activities celebrating this important anniversary. And we are going to focus on the, some of the key elements of Made in Italy, doing some uh, special promotion. Wine, for sure, will be one of the key elements involved in this special program. Ferdinando, just lastly, how do the Italian wine producers or anyone who's interested in, in getting in touch with your office in Seoul, how do they do that? Where, what is the best email or the website they can reach? They can uh, reach through the customer area in our website okay they can send an email to our office it's very simple it's a seoul with the you know the international uh, wording so s-e-o-u-l seoul mm -hmm. at ic.it or they can reach us through the uh, area clienti in our uh, website Okay, fantastic. So I think we can kind of wrap it up here, Ferdinando. Thank you so much for your time, Ferdinando. That was Ferdinando Guedli from Iche of South Korea in Seoul office, who shared his expertise and knowledge about Iche activities and with regards to Korea wine market. Ferdinando, thank you so much. And I hope to meet you in person sometime soon, either during Venetly or in Korea. Thank you, Stevie, for such a great opportunity. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And really, I hope we can meet soon in person. We wait for you in Seoul. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. 
don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.